Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Season 12, Episode 9, Why Do You Have to Be So Rude? So even after many years of recovery, of helping others and doing my best to be a good guy, I still succumb to momentary flashes of anger. I revert to my conditioned reflexes where my flashes of anger disguise resentment or hurt pride or the chief motivator of anger, which is unfounded fear. Anger itself is vented in an astonishing variety of ways. Rudeness is one example. I once was asked by my fiancé, why do you have to be so rude all the time? Well, she took back the all the time part of her remark, but her question did reveal that I had no clue that when I was in the slightest bit irritated about anything, I would snap at her in response to the most innocent of questions. In this instance, my anger was the result I know now of my unwillingness to completely accept my life situation at the time. Therefore, I was not getting what I wanted or demanded. And I would do the equivalent of what a little boy does, pout, stomp my feet, and wail about how unfair life was. We are taught in our 12-step program that self-centered fear is the chief activator of our character defects, fear that we would lose something that we value, or fear that we would not get what we really wanted or, in essence, demanded. That's when we became incensed, even rageful. And anger never travels alone. Something must provoke it at that moment, or it keeps simmering underneath in the form of resentment that comes with living an unsatisfactory life. Men are terrible at expressing sadness, for example, and therefore their sadness morphs into anger, a far more masculine emotion. I experienced exactly this a long time ago, just as I was entering my second year of sobriety in 1994. I would fly to Austin, Texas a couple of times a year. It was an easy detour between California, where my clients were headquartered, and New York, where I lived. I would spend a few days with my daughter, and my ex-wife would be nice enough to let me stay in the house. So I would hang out with my six-year-old daughter, and then fast forward to when she's 10, and before you know it, she's a teenager. One day, after I had returned home after visiting my daughter, my wonderful therapist Margaret said to me, Bruno, it seems that you are really, really angry every time you come back from a visit with your daughter. Why do you think that is? I replied that I was angry over not being able to see my kid more often and teed off at my ex-wife for taking her away from me. Margaret stated then, well, those all sound like good reasons to be mad. But how about sadness? Are you sad over what happened? I said in a trembling voice, Oh God, you have no idea how sad I am over the whole thing. And then I began to cry like a baby. For the first time, feeling those deep, intense feelings of sadness that I had covered up with anger all those years. 
The anger subsided somewhat after I realized and embraced the sadness that came with, quote, losing my daughter. In therapy, we are taught to go down the list of primary emotions, asking ourselves, am I mad, sad, glad, afraid, ashamed, or hurt? Then we try to connect what emotions travel together. It turns out that anger, mad, accompanies sadness, fear, shame, and hurt. Anger covers emotions that we have trouble embracing. For the most part, addicts and their families are so out of touch with what they are feeling besides fear in the form of anxiety and frustration in the form of anger, they have to be taught how to identify what it is they're truly feeling. That's why we have that list. There's a great old saying in recovery, the good news is you get your feelings back. The bad news is you get your feelings back. Anger can be expressed in many forms, subtle and otherwise. Here are some examples to watch for. Sarcasm is a form of hostility intended to hurt. It invariably disguises stronger feelings of anger or dislike. How can you hate a person or class of people without also invoking anger as your ally? How is prejudice or judgment of others not accompanied by feelings of malice, a form of anger? In a therapeutic session, however, the therapist will encourage expressions of anger. Melanie Beatty, the author of Codependent No More, says that anger is only psychological energy and does not need to be warranted or justified. She just says, if the energy is there, then feel it. She says this to people who cannot recognize or truly feel anger after so many years of suppressing it in a codependent relationship. It isn't a good idea, however, to practice what you learn in therapy and take it right out onto the street. You might get arrested for uh, disorderly conduct or assault. Codependent relationships are the norm in families who live with an addict or alcoholic. That's why it's important to look for, for signs of resentment and fear that can make your life miserable if you're the head of an addictive household. A wise mentor once told me there is a difference between expressing anger and confessing it. Confession sounds like it calls for a quiet, thoughtful examination of why we're angry. Is it because reality is not to our liking? Is it because someone hurt our feelings? Was our ego bruised or our pride injured? Or was someone truly mean to us, heedless to the consequences of their thoughtless words or actions? Or is it because the addict or alcoholic is ruining our lives and we think we can't do anything about it? It's clear that we cannot just sit on our anger. It is the most dangerous emotion to try to suppress. And it will take almost unrecognizable forms, as I mentioned earlier, resentment, contempt, irritation, frustration, hate, sarcasm, put-downs, rudeness, and surliness. Even gossip, cheating, and lying are all different forms of that poisonous emotion. It is fueled by our egos, by our own prejudices, by our pride, by hurt feelings, and by fear. When we don't get what we want or fear losing something that we value, whether it's a house or a lover, we get angry. If we're halfway grown up and somewhat enlightened, we now know that we share the fear or the hurt underneath the anger and we confess it to someone we trust. We don't stuff it, suppress it, or even express it too openly because that expression may be like throwing gasoline on the fire. Our healing can only start when we confess our true feelings in a safe place, like a counselor's office, or at an Al-Anon meeting. We learn that we didn't cause our loved one's addiction, that we have not a chance in the hell of controlling it, and we sure as hell can't cure it. But we can help ourselves. We can liberate ourselves from the oppression of addictive disorder. We find that it is okay, even imperative, that we take care of ourselves first. 
And release of all that fear and anger means that our healing has just begun. So what have we learned about the role of anger in our lives? We learned that one, anger never travels alone, is therefore accompanied by other emotions such as fear and hurt, common in addictive and codependent relationships. Two, anger comes in so many disguises, it's hard to identify it as the underlying cause of unhelpful behavior such as rudeness, sarcasm, or simply an unkind remark. Three, fear of losing a loved one, of not finding a cure, and of the shame that comes with addiction provokes frustration and rage with what is. Four, the sooner the responsible family member can identify and be honest with the feeling she is feeling, she can begin the journey of healing. And number five, for that to begin, she will need the help of a counselor trained in addictive disorder and ideally join an Al-Anon group to help enable her to share her feelings and situation in a safe setting. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.